0: log talk radio challenging thought-provoking insightful this is god in country the collision of faith and politics hosted by nationally known speaker reverend dr. sean michael greener not your typical rev dr. sean is a proud military veteran Excellence killed the church. How mediocrity is destroying America? Doctor Sean Michael Greener.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome! Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Um, We're we'll gonna be fiddling with the sound. Uh, we tried to log in on the super hi-fi, and of the, I don't, does anybody even say hi-fi anymore? I don't even know. High fidelity. <laughs> I just realized how silly and outdated that sounds. Hi-Fi, go turn on the Hi-Fi, Sean. We got a new uh we got a new uh what do you call them these new things? What are they? Uh yeah, they call them records or some kind of thing. They're they're vinyls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is the new thing. This is going to be you know, don't worry about nothing else. You buy one of these, you'll have it forever. I'll tell you that. So anyway, uh yeah, we tried the new thing. We we did last week's show On the super high, uh, the high deal. Um, You know, that's uh, that's just, uh, let me tell you, that didn't go well. That didn't go well. So anyway, uh, those of you who are joining us, uh, by the way, I forgot to open up chat. Sorry. Um, Opening it now. Uh, Those of you are joining us on a fluke, we're doing the show today and not Monday, this, this past Monday. So anyway, yeah, everybody, let's see here, on live now. Everybody's asking me, what, you're on now? At that link, there we go. All right, everybody, I'm just trying to keep everybody up to date, you know what I mean? But well, we're doing a show today, and we're probably going to be switching to today. But we are going to have a show for you on Monday, Memorial Day. It's kind of a tradition here at uh, the Collision of Faith and Politics. So that's what we're going to do. Chat is not opening up, so that's great. Uh, what are you going to do? On live now. Hey, tell your friends. If you're the four people that are listening, tell your friends. Uh, let's see. We're just rocking and rolling up here, up in here. Anyway, yeah, so it didn't work. So hopefully those of you who listened last week, hopefully it worked out. You could hear, but uh, we're keep working on this. I keep trying to find a better place to go and move all of our listeners, but uh, you, it's it's risky. It's, when I moved over here from another uh, station, I was worried that uh, the folks wouldn't come, but they did. You did. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. So all that said to say this today's show: Baltimore implodes uh, and explodes another in incompetence of uh, just about everybody. Marilyn Mosby, except for the judge and the juries. Um, Marilyn Mosby absolutely uh, utter incompetent. So all that said to say, today's show, uh I'm gonna just tell you up front. I'm just be fair to you. Uh, people are saying, hey, are you actually live on the radio right now? Link. Click on the link. Um, yes, I am live on the radio and chat is not working, so I'll we'll have to bail on that. Sorry about that. Uh, well, I don't know why I'm saying I'm sorry. I'm not the one that runs it, but anyway, still not, uh, we're still, we're still a little, little upset about that. Anyway, so today's show is the first show I've ever changed the rating of the show. Uh, the show is, um. Well, I can just tell you, it, it is not going to be what you would call politically correct. You know what I mean? It is not going to be politically correct. So, I guess I should probably preface. Let's see here, I'm five, oh five eight six. Gonna do a little homework here. Incredible. I'm texting them to say, why isn't chat open? Why can't you people have this darn thing work? You know what I mean? So, talk radio. Hang on. Bear with me just a second. Because this show today is going to be very important. So, I don't know. Isn't working,
0: and I am live now. Direct connect didn't work.
1: You know, I should make. I should have all of you guys uh, text message or email these people. Can you imagine over six hundred thousand emails? That'd be funny, wouldn't it? Anyway. So today's show—it's um, the first time I've ever—I've ever established a rating for the show, like G, PG, you know that type of thing. Uh, when I went past that, I was going to make it R, but I think, you know, I think with parental guidance, uh, later teenagers can can handle it. By the way, today's show is supported by www.goldrushninja.com. Goldrushninja.com. That's www.goldrushninja.com. Hey, look, have you ever heard of Venezuela? Well, you're not hearing about it because the American press isn't telling you, but you think it can't happen here? You think you have plenty of time? The shelves are empty there. People are eating their pets for food. Straight up, it's, that's really happening. They're eating their pets for food. Money is, is becoming worthless there. Currency. Well, how about this? I want you to think about this. You know what? It wasn't raining when Noah was told to build the ark. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. Did you know that? It wasn't raining. It didn't rain for a long time. 125 years. So I think it's important also to realize that it wasn't raining when Noah started lo- loading the ark with animals and plants, gathering up, you know, the species. It wasn't raining when Noah got his family in the ark. Yeah, I'm going to think about, maybe think about this. A $100 paper bill a year from now worth significantly less. You got a $100 uh, bill. All right, they're telling me to refresh. So if I lose you guys, you know, log back in, I'll log back in. I don't even know what that is. There we go. All right, we're trying it again. Because chat, uh, chat is important. I like it. It lets me know that people are out there. You know, even though I know we have a, a big audience, it just lets me know. Oh, well. Anyway. Um, So it wasn't raining when Noah started loading the ark with animals and plants. It wasn't raining when Noah got his family in the ark. And a $100 paper currency bill, um, you know, worth nothing, you know, worth virtually nothing. Definitely significantly less. There's no doubt about that. But how about one gram of gold a year from now? worth significantly more. Significantly more a year from now. Ronald Reagan said this. Here's the problem. In the absence of the gold standard, there's no way to protect savings from confiscation of wealth. See, here's the thing. College has gone up by a thousand percent. Medical care up 600 percent and worse, by the way. Food is up over 144 percent. I had originally said... um, 120 in only the last three years. It's not true, 144%, closing in on 145. But one gram of gold, this is five years ago. We're looking at this over the last five years. One gram of gold purchasing power five years ago today, five years ago, and then today, increased significantly. All right, they're talking to my ear here. They're telling me I have the wrong browser, just so you know. Um, So one gram of gold purchasing power five years ago and today increased significantly. There's there's no doubt about it. Equivalent value in fiat paper currency, because that's what we have. It's fiat paper currency,
0: virtually worthless,
1: and losing value every single day. I talked about Noah and the Ark a second ago. I'd say it's raining right now, and if this concerns you, if it's you know you're looking at the rain and you're on man something has to happen here i need a hedge against deflation it's not a matter of when stuff goes bad it's going bad now you say well man i can't buy gold it's gold's for rich people no 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 nope. nope 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 not when you buy it through the com. you go to that and uh I will tell you it it's uh it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Um you can buy as little as a gram. And that's the that's the cool thing about it. Is a little as little as a gram. Can you imagine? How cool is that? I think it's cool anyway. I think it's cool. What about you? You think it's cool? I think it's cool. All right, we're gonna try to launch chat again on a different browser here. There we go. Oh, hey, yo! Here we go! We're on We're on two stations, okay, let's see here. Chrome Firefox. You still have audio, and can speak, don't see the browser All right, sorry awesome awesome, 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 awesome. So it's Chrome or nothing uh, Chrome or nothing? That's what I've learned today. Chrome or nothing. Okay, we're going to take a risk here. We're closing out the one browser. Click. Woof, that was scary. Sorry about all this, folks. I'm a small budget operation. That's why if you patronize our supporters, we will be a bigger. I'll be able to hire a a uh, tech wizard and a, all that other stuff. So, uh, by the way, welcome to chat. Um, it's awesome to have you. As always. I only roll with Chrome, some folks are saying. Anyhow. Uh, Boom. Can you imagine that they're giving me a survey to complete before I can close out chat? (laughs) Holy crap, holy man. I said I was live. 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 Anyway. Look, you know, I... As far as gold goes, this is the best thing I've ever found. I mean, I've I've searched and searched and searched. I didn't have the money to buy gold in large amounts. Although you can you can buy up to five grams for you, but you buy a gram of gold. It's it's uh, some people call it fractional gold. It's not exactly correct, but uh, go to thegoldrushninja.com. It's not the gold rush ninja. It's just www.goldrushninja.com. They're helping support the show today. Save gold share with others. And. uh, Another uh, source of support that we have here at the Collision of Faith and Politics is second-call defense. Look, if you own a gun, and for Pete's sake, if you carry a gun, you desperately need protection by second-call defense. You need it. You need it. I I won't be without it. No way in this world. No way in this world. So how do you you learn more about it? You go to my website, theninjapastor.com www.theninjapastor.com or drshawngreener.com and there's a banner that pops up man you got to get on that you got to get on that click on that they'll give you information doesn't lock you to anything it's no big deal uh, but it'll be very informative to you and there's little videos and stuff and it's all free nothing costs you anything
0: uh,
1: second call defense if you sign up with that it costs you but you'd be shocked how little it's unbelievable look don't 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 go walking around unprotected in a society that, look, they're after you and they're after your guns. Be protected. It's only pennies a day. Just go to the ninjapastor.com, the ninjapastor.com. Click on the banner, Second Call Defense banner. You'll see it right there. It's no big deal. Click on that. You'll be in like Flynn. Look, Memorial Day is this Monday, and there will be a show. And in the meantime, I want you to consider if you're anywhere near uh, Arlington um, National Cemetery, you've got a lot of friends there. Arlington National Cemetery, uh just outside of the district, or any any cemetery all across the country cuz there's there's war heroes um, buried. I just got a listener say uh, they just got their first refund check for Second Call Defense. Yeah, you you sign up through me and you're going to get a month free. They're going to send you a check for your first month's uh fee, so whatever it is, you know, whatever the amount is, you're going to get a check for that. So one month free, first month free, it's pretty awesome. Look, you know, I love cookouts just like anybody else. You know, I love them. I I love beef ribs. I love all that stuff. But it isn't about that. You look at the crosses. It's about the ultimate sacrifice that we should daily strive to be worthy of. We we should look around and ask ourselves, uh, am I worthy of their sacrifice? And and you know you only you can answer that. Only you can answer that. Nobody else can answer that question for you. By the way, if you hear, hear barking, that's my uh, seven years old on Monday uh, dog Buckeye. She's guarding my every. She got my six. She's got my left. Got my right. She's got my flanks covered. And uh, soon you will hear her barking because there'll be somebody pulling up in the in the driveway of the studio any moment. So don't be afraid. I'm not getting attacked. That sound a little scary because she's so fierce, but it's just my dog, buckeye. Anyway, uh, look, I, I want to remind you that Monday is, is for me a sacred day. I'm a veteran. You guys know that nothing special, no big deal, but I am a veteran. And, and I'll tell you that this day, even more than veterans day or armed forces day, uh, this day resonates with me because I know an awful lot of, I have a lot of friends that are, that are there in Arlington and in cemeteries across the country. And you say, well, they died a hero's death. They, they, were, they were treated like a hero's death, but they're still gone. They're still gone. They're not here anymore. Their families can't be with them. They can't have a cookout with them. They can have a cookout in memory of them. But they can't, they can't hug them anymore. And that's what Memorial Day is, folks that, folks that died in service of their country. The question is, are you worth their sacrifice? All right, so I told you today's going to be a day, let me tell you, man. Uh, it, this makes me so angry, I can't even stand it. You know, it's every year, this, right around graduation time. Right around graduation, and, and I just got back from Ohio, by the way. I just I was just in Ohio, and thank you to Steve and Heidi for your great hospitality. It was wonderful being with you and uh, just sharing time with you. It was super, super brief. But it was wonderful being with you, and um, we really, really appreciate it. So I was you know, in Ohio, and, and um, it's good that I didn't know about this in advance because I would have probably gone and put the chokehold on somebody. An Ohio valedictorian defies controversy, leads class in the Lord's Prayer. This is from CBN News. This is published on the uh, 24th of this month. The 70-year-old tradition of singing the Lord's Prayer during the high school graduation was nearly eliminated by the nation's largest atheist group. It's like seven people. The valedictorian chose to deliver it anyway. Traditionally, the Lord's Prayer was sung by East Liverpool's choir and considered a significant part of their graduation ceremony. When the Freedom Foundation for Separation of Church and State, by the way, not in the Constitution, you bunch of freaking idiots, it's not in the Constitution. So take your whiny, don't believe in God until your life is about to be uh, taken from you, and and go somewhere else with your crappy way of living. You don't want to believe in God? That's fine. But shut up about your separation of church and state. It doesn't belong anywhere. It's not anywhere in the Constitution. Learn some history. Read a book. So they claimed this Freedom Foundation for Separation of Church and State claimed East Liverpool's schools tradition was a violation. School administrators chose to oblige their wishes, canceling the song, avoiding illegal battle. You know what I bet they won't do? Here's what I bet they won't do. Here's what I bet they won't do. So the Muslims, when they have their little prayer things in schools, you know, because that's what all the little wussy face uh, school administrators, public school administrators are doing now. Well, we don't want to get... It's all about money. We dare to get we don't wanna get sued. We don't wanna offend anyone. <laughs> Man, put on some, put on your big girl panties. Isn't isn't not isn't it funny? One of our great listeners and, and researchers just sent me a message. Isn't it funny the Freedom Foundation wants to take away my freedom to sing. All right, anyway, back to the article. So when the Freedom Foundation for Separation of Church and State claimed East Liverpool's school tradition was a violation, school administrators chose to oblige their wishes, canceling the song, avoiding a legal battle. Don't you wussy faces know that this is how they do it? This is how they do it. They threaten you. They say, we're going to cost you money. We have a lot of money. You don't have any money. First of all, what kind of butthead is in charge of public education doesn't put away money for lawsuits. You know, I want you to understand what atheist is. It's not atheist. It's pronounced atheist, which means, in its purest form, against God. It's not that they don't believe in God. They say they don't believe in God, but trust me. They believe in God, and they are against God. Satan himself believes in God. They are against God. Atheists. You don't want to worship God? That's fine. Suit yourself. We've done it for 70 years here in East Liverpool. We're going to keep on doing it. You want to sue us, go ahead. Punk. Tight jeans, skinny jeans, wearing. Don't get me started. Larry Walton. Call this guy. East Liverpool school board president. Call this guy. His name is Larry Walton, like Walton's Mountain. John Boy Walton, Larry Walton. School board president said the decision not to fight against the atheist group was a basic matter of economics. Let me tell you something what it's a basic matter of. It's a basic matter of you're all a bunch of wusses, and you're afraid to take on something, take on a fight, because you don't want to be called a racist or a bigot or, or anything else. I got a news flash for you. Grow a pair. Take it out to your, to your citizens who are paying the freaking taxes to keep this school, this miserable, pitiful, wussy-faced school open. Say, what do you think, folks? Any Everybody here want to give a dollar so we can fight these non-God-believing punks? Take it to them. Say, you know what? You you want to bring it? Bring it. You want to bring it? Go ahead and bring it. We'll take it. Moulin la Bay. Come and get me. Come and get me. Come on and get me. That's what you do with a bully folks I, I I watch this show, yeah, I know you're gonna think i'm I'm fluffy uh dancing with the stars. I like that show. I like to watch how they progress in their dancing and all that stuff. There's a girl on there um she's an m m a fighter she's only had eight fights uh you know she's she's an up and comer she's hundred and fifteen pounds she's really really good um wasn't there just an issue we talked about in East Liverpool? Um, I don't know. Liverpool. I bet that's on purpose. Uh, you'll have to refresh my memory. I can't, I can't remember. Um, so this Dancing with the Stars, there's, there's a girl on there named Paige. And her big thing was they all have a story, of course. And, and by the way, her mother owns a dance studio, and she danced competitively for 13 years. But that's no big deal. She didn't win. A deaf guy won. Profoundly deaf guy. Guy that, uh, guy that was uh, America's top model. Yeah, it was impressive, really impressive, um, really quite something. To to be very very honest with you, profoundly deaf, profoundly deaf. Doesn't doesn't hear anything, nothing at all. Anyway, I I was very moved, very very moved. Um, anyway, so so they they're talking about they moved from their town. They moved away. The parents said, well, we'll just move away because she was getting bullied. She was getting bullied. Yeah, let's move. Well, you know what, Paige? This is what we do as your parents. We're going to move. When you're getting bullied, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to move. We're going to move away. We'll get new jobs. Don't worry. We'll get a new house. You know, honey, we're just going to move away. Isn't it ironic she ended up being an MMA fighter? How about taking her to karate or martial arts or or, or a, a target-focused, you know, something before then, before you move? My goodness. You kidding me? That's the answer? Well, that's what these people are doing. They're moving. They're quitting. We said, this is what Larry Walton says. We said, okay, we just won't do it anymore. It was a decision made because we don't have a lot of money. We'd rather hire teachers than pay lawyers. That's the most uh, bovine feces statement I have heard in a long time. And then the next one is the next worst. It's a war we can't win. You know what, dude? Larry Walton of East Liverpool. uh, You know what you need to do? You need to quit your job. You need to quit your job because you don't have the requisite cojones To stand up to people who come against your school. If you fold this quickly, we'd rather hire teachers than pay lawyers. Man, if that isn't the biggest bovine feces I've ever seen flung. I just don't even know. I just don't even know if I've heard crap like that. It's a war we can't win. It's a war you've never fought. Back to the article. However, the graduating class of 2016 wanted to honor their school's tradition. They did not back down. How about that wussy-faced Larry Walton? Watch the video. Go on the Internet after the show. Watch the video of Larry Walton freaking out because kids didn't back down. Kids didn't back down. You know what? If every single one of these times these, these punks out there, these atheist punks, and all these other people who don't want to, uh, y- y- come on, come on, bring it on, every time, take them, take, them, take them right to court, say, come on, bring it on, bring it, we got you, we got you, bring it, if we did that every time, and we fought them tooth and nail, you know what they do? They crawl back in their dark, feces-smelling corner, and shut their mouths. a war we can't win, really, really, because the graduating class of 2016 said, you know what, we're going to honor this school's tradition. They didn't back down. Kids took the place of adults. Class valedictorian, you know what you need to do? You need to find this kid's Facebook page, Facebook and Twitter, his name of East Liverpool High School, I don't know what it's called, but it's East Liverpool in Ohio. He was a valedictorian, shouldn't be hard to find. Jonathan. Montgomery, this is the class valid tour. You need to send number one. Congratulate him for being the highest in the cla- highest uh, uh, GPA in the class, in this entire class. That's impressive. So Jonathan Montgomery took the stage and led the class in reciting the Lord's Prayer. The defiant move was met with a standing ovation for the graduates who stood up for their school. Here's a news flash for you, Larry the Wuss Walton. Go get your dolls and your fluffy bears, and your uh, fabric-softened underpants, and go home. Because you don't belong in a position of leadership. You belong home eating peanut butter crackers, as long as it's not crunchy, because we wouldn't want you to hurt your teeth. We wouldn't, we wouldn't want you to accidentally choke. You got no business in a place of leadership. I don't care. Look, Larry, the Wuss Walton school board president, You said that he's not the principal, I'm sorry, he's school board president, said the decision not to fight against the atheist group was a basic matter. of. Let me tell you something, folks. This is where you need to get plugged in. I tell you this every week, and I mean it every week. You've got to do this. You've got to stop sitting in your house wringing your hands. You've got to stop going to all these rallies, making signs and all this stuff. I'm going to give you a tip. This is an inside tip. This is secret information I'm going to share with you now. Guess what? It doesn't work. None of that crap works. You know what works? What we teach in the Center for Self-Governance, centerforselfgovernance.com, what we teach you to do, you will win. And you had better start with your school boards and and all of this stuff, because I'm going to tell you right now, the left is populating every small election in your town, every political subdivision. They are populating them with leftists. And you know what happens? They take over the country from the dog catcher up. Why? Because good conservatives are too busy trying to get along with everybody, trying to be friendly with everybody, trying not to be called a racist, trying not to be called a um, a whatever the other names are. See, now I'm mad. I I wasn't going to get mad today, but I'm mad now. By the way, welcome to uh, host of Red Fox Radio. Good to have you. Excellent show. Excellent show. So... Here's the thing. Here's the thing for me, and I'm I'm looking at this, and I'm saying to myself, self, because that's what I call me when I talk to myself, or hotness. Sometimes I call myself hotness because I kid with myself a lot. I like to make myself laugh. Look, here's the bottom line. This is what Larry Walton, school board president, said. So I said he didn't fight. He said, we just won't do it anymore. He quit. He gave up. He put his hands up and said, okay, don't shoot don't shoot oh I don't want you to hurt me and say bad things about me oh don't take us to court we'd rather hire teachers than pay lawyers here's what you do Larry the wuss Walton school board president you take them to court and you win and you make your attorneys because you know what there's attorneys all over this country and firms that stand up and they do it for free and they fight well and they win they win. Here's what you do. You make it a stipulation of the lawsuit that they pay all of the legal costs. You know what happens? By the time that case goes to court, guess what happens? Some folks have already sung the Lord's Prayer, and they've stood up. And you know what you've done? You, have, you say before, you know what? The atheist group, Freedom, a bunch of Freedom punks, a bunch of patchouli-wearing sandal whatever people, trying to mess everything up for everybody else. You say, you know what? We They said we couldn't do this because they violated church and state. First of all, we teach the Constitution here. Maybe they don't. We teach the Constitution here, and it's not in the Constitution. It's protection of the church from the state. That's what that's all about. And they wanted to take us. They threatened us. They wanted to bully us. Go get your pink anti-bullying t-shirt. They wanted to bully us, and they wanted to say, you know what? We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're going to stand up to that. We're going to stand up for that. Let's all stand. And if you don't want to stand, listen, if you don't want to stand and sing... The choir is the one that usually sings it, but if you want to support them, you can. If you don't, you're offended, go stand outside for a few minutes. We'll give you two minutes to get outside. Then when we're done, you'll notice we're done because that's when the singing stops. There'll be a lot of clapping because Americans are sick of being pushed around by punks over a bunch of bovine feces. We're sick and tired of it. And we're standing up. And if you want to stand with us, tell you what, let's do. Tell you what, let's do. The next time there's a school board, meaning guess what? Guess when this is. Next school board meeting is, I don't know, uh, next Wednesday. How about you come there? How about you take a little time off from work? How about you do this? How about you do that? Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do. And you come be with us. You come be with us. You stand with us. Because we're not backing down. We hope you support us. Now... Choir, go ahead and get your sing on. But it had to depend on a class valedictorian, a young man, 17, 18 years old, Jonathan Montgomery. I'm telling you, go there now. I've already sent him a personal note. I'm going to send him my book. I've autographed it. And, you know, this kid deserves a high five and then some. I bet Liberty University will offer him a free scholarship. I bet they will. He led the class in reciting the Lord's Prayer. And then the crowd stood in a standing ovation for the graduates. It is reported that Walton, Larry the Wuss Walton, is looking to have a non-denominational graduation ceremony in 2007. What does non-denominational mean? We want everybody to be happy uh, and no one to feel awkward. We don't want anybody to feel awkward at our graduations from our school of higher learning. We are educators here, and we want to be diverse, and we want to be we want to be oh I don't know we want to we want to deal with the underserved community and the poverty stricken and, and, and the religious. Uh, we want freedoms for all here in East Liverpool, Ohio. So we're going to have a non-denominational graduation ceremony in 2017. Well, I'll get to work on that, Larry. And in the meantime, America, in Ohio, I know we can fill a class in Ohio. In Ohio, how about in East Liverpool? How about we fill a class somewhere close to East Liverpool? Centerforselfgovernance.com. Go there. Click on Ohio. Get a hold of me at smgreener at gmail.com. Get a hold of me there, smgreener at gmail.com. If you want to have a class, I will make sure you have one. I'm telling you right now, it'll change your life. You'll grab back freedom. Oh, by the way, meanwhile, in North Carolina, they're talking about eliminating the valedictorian. The whole valedictorian achievement, they're talking about, no, we were not going to highlight everybody because then that makes everybody else feel bad. We're going to make everybody equal. You guys know I talk about this extensively in my book, Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. It's flying off shelves. You click on books on the ninjapastor.com, there's a link there. It uh, goes to Amazon. You can read pages of it. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all that stuff. You can read pages of it, so you don't have to buy it without trying it out. It's a powerful book. I'm not saying it'll be the best book you ever read. It's not War and Peace, but but it's a heck of a book. Look, I'm just, Look, people, 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 people. It's just you and me now. I'm going to tell you something. My buddy Jerry from Pennsylvania, he, he puts it very succinctly. We don't like achievers, even though people are absolutely unequal in every way. Look, if you want to equalize everything, then you, then you want to ruin everything. Because it's the, it's the achievers that make things better. It's, it's the people that get out there and they reach higher and, and they're stronger and deeper. And they dig in and they say, no, I, I'm not going to be moved. This is my thing. This is what I'm doing. We need leaders. Kid Jonathan, you think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding about it. Send him a Jonathan Montgomery, class valedictorian in East Liverpool. Send him a message of encouragement. That word will get around. I'm telling you. Go to his, go to his Facebook, go to his Twitter. That word will get around because we're tired of being pushed around. But in North Carolina, you know where we. Hey, we're having this big fight over bathrooms all over the country now. The government says we're going to have to do that. Two weeks ago, I did a show on that, The Truth About the Bathroom Bill. The TheNinjaPastor.com, go to blog, go down, you'll find it there, and click on that. It's in the uh, archives, free of charge, doesn't cost you anything. Doesn't cost you anything. But in North Carolina, they want, they want to get away. Look, we don't want to have a valedictorian because the people who weren't valedictorian, they don't feel good. And we want to make everybody equal. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. You want to talk about another epic fail? Prosecutors of Baltimore police officers charged in the death of a black detainee, Freddie Gray, will likely stick to their arguments of illegal arrest and causing criminal injury in a transport van, even though an officer was acquitted in the case this week, legal experts said, oh, this is a second setback, by the way. For prosecutors who have brought charges against six officers, the narrowly focused judge decision acquitting officer Edward Nero suggested the prosecution strategy could bear fruit in at least some of the five remaining trials, the experts said. Really? Really? Because on June 6th, trial of officer Cesar Goodson, Jr., he drove the van. He drove the transport van in uh, in which Gray. Uh, he was 25 years old. He suffered a broken neck in April of 2015. He's been charged with second degree. Now he's driving the van. He's driving the van. He is literally driving the van. You get what he look. Let me just be clear here. He's driving the van. He's charged with murder. Second-degree murder. They've lost two cases. They're going to put this guy on trial June 6th. I have a feeling the prosecution sees this as a closer loss than they might have expected. And if they're not emboldened, I think they're going forward with the case against Officer Goodson, relatively unchanged, said David Jaros, a law professor at the University of Baltimore. The first case brought against any of the officers charged in Gray's death ended in a mistrial December 2015. The jury dismissed the jury. The judge dismissed the jury in the involuntary manslaughter trial of Officer William Porter after 16 hours of deliberations during which it was unable to reach a verdict on any of the charges. On any of the voluminous overcharged that Marilyn Mosby, racist, bigot, race-baiting, should be impeached, State's Attorney. Jarris and others have said that Nero had a minor role in the gray case. It is widely seen as the weakest case brought by State's Attorney Marilyn Mosby's office, making it less. By the way, her husband, I did a show on this back when this happened. I did a show on this in which um, I exposed everything about Marilyn Mosby. You know, her husband is the uh, is the city. Um, I don't know what do they call there. bottomer. City rep or whatever, district rep for that district. Where in his district, this all the all the riots were. Where if you can believe this, Marilyn Mosby's husband is the rep there. Eighty percent. Eighty percent. Of everyone, I'm going to say this slow because I don't, think you're, I, I don't think you're going to believe it. I got so many letters after I sent letters or emails. Eighty percent of the people in Maryland, not in Baltimore, Maryland's criminal justice system in their penal system, in the jail system in Maryland, come from this district. Marilyn Mosby's husband, state's attorney. Brought this case, her husband. (laughs) You don't see a problem? I see a problem. I definitely see a problem. Mosby has not commented on the trial results since there is a court gag order on the cases. Prosecutors contended that Nero arrested Gray without cause when he fled from him and two other officers unprovoked and then failed to secure Gray in the transport van. Gray died a week later after the arrest, and his death triggered the rioting in the majority black city. Let me tell you something. Let me address this. Let me, let me just address this, because I'm going to give you some facts today they are going to blow your mind. You're going to blow your mind. Triggered rioting? His arrest and his death triggered rioting in the majority black city? No. That's not why. That didn't trigger rioting. You know what triggered rioting? Majority black city. Eighty percent of the criminals who are, who are locked up come from this guy's district, Mosby's husband's district. Black mayor, black police chiefs, black prosecutors, black teachers, black schools. Everything's black. Majority black city. Can't get it figured out. Collecting the money while letting the city burn. His arrest and his death didn't trigger rioting. That's not what caused it. Let's call it what it is. Behavior unbecoming of a citizen of the United States of America. Baltimore City Circuit Court Judge Barry Williams, who heard the case in a bench trial, said prosecutors had failed to prove that Nero was involved in the arrest and should have secured Gray. Anybody, anybody see any problem with that? Anybody have any problem with that at all? I think you should. I think you should have a problem with it. I absolutely think you should have a problem with it. But here's the thing. You know that racist, the racist Baltimore City Circuit Court Judge Barry Williams? You know, he's just in it for the whites. If we just let the blacks be in charge, everything would be all right. Oh, wait a second. I'm sorry. Shock of all shocks. Baltimore City Circuit Court Judge Barry Williams, he's a black guy who worked hard to become a judge. Who worked hard to render justice. He heard the case in a bench trial. He heard all of the facts in a bench trial. He's seen it all. He said prosecutors had failed to prove that Nero was involved in the arrest and should have secured Gray. Well, really, really, because what his job was is to drive the van. His job was to drive the van. That's it. Let's talk about the underpinning case. In his verdict, Williams said it was reasonable for Nero to have assumed that his superior officer, Lieutenant Brian Rice and Goodson, would decide whether Gray should be seatbelted, the analyst said. I think he seemed to signal that the person who ultimately has the responsibility for that is the van driver, who is coincidentally the next one up, Goodson said, said Warren Brown, Baltimore defense attorney who followed the case. Williams also wrote that detention morphed into an arrest. Well, you're trying to interview this guy. You know why it morphed into arrest? Because the guy was so stoned, so high on intoxicants, fought everybody. He just wanted to fight everybody. I've got a news flash for you. You fight police, you're not going to win. You may win for a minute, but you're not going to win forever. Detention morphed into arrest. A view that Jaros said could prop up prosecutors' argument that Gray was arrested without ju- justification. Said he had a switchblade knife. Had 20, had 20 arrests, many of them felonies. Yeah, you better believe it. One of our listeners, uh, Steve from Ohio, when the Republican National Convention in Cleveland rolls in, uh, they'll have the, the Black Lives Matter protesters in one corner of the park and the KKK in the other. Be ready for more riots. Put them in the same place, believe it or not. That view may have bearing on the case against Officer Garrett Miller, Nero's partner, who testified under immunity that he arrested Gray and handcuffed him, Jarrow said. Miller is charged with second degree assault, reckless endangerment, and misconduct in office. By the way, all that should be dropped. Jarrow said that if he were Miller, I would have been surprised and somewhat concerned that the judge seemed to accept the prosecution theory that this was an arrest without probable cause. Law professor Chris O'Brien at the State University of New York at Buffalo said Miller's testimony that, said Miller's testimony that he had arrested Gray would make prosecuting him much more difficult since it was done under immunity. But in terms of the other officers, Rice and Goodson, I don't know that it would really have had any impact, he said. Rice faces trial in July on charges that include involuntary manslaughter and assault. Meanwhile, Sergeant Alicia White, 32, has been charged with involuntary manslaughter and her trial is scheduled for October. Now, the guy was fighting, thrashing about. Fighting and thrashing about, high, acting a fool, playing the system. The other, the other prisoner in the van, unrelated. He was just happened to be in the van. Said so this guy was acting crazy. He was throwing himself all around the van. He was acting nuts. Kathy Burke wrote an article, twenty four May uh, two thousand sixteen, was released. Uh, At 8.36 p.m., prosecutor Marilyn Mosby's incompetence in the Freddie Gray case should prompt a second look at whether legal action against five officers still facing charges should even proceed, former federal prosecutor Andrew McCarthy tells Newsmax TV. In an interview Tuesday on the Steve Moutsberg show, McCarthy, a columnist for National Review and author of Faithless Execution, said the whole case was really a travesty. It's a tragedy, this is what he said. It's a tragedy, not just for the police officers who've been wrongly charged in this case, but also at a time when homicides hit a record number last year in Baltimore. And even non-fatal shootings are up 72%. I'm going to give you some facts about that. It's going to blow your mind. Let me get through this first, and I'll give you some facts. What Mosby has done is create a climate where cops have to worry about whether they're going to be prosecuted for doing their job, he charged. Now, I want you to remember what I said. And if I knew how to do this, I would do it. I'd play the clip of where... I said, when all this was happening, I said, Maryland's police officers, especially if you're in Baltimore City. Now, let me just tell you this. Baltimore City does not have the best record for police officers. They got a lot of corruption. They got a lot of, they, get, they seem to have a lot of problems. You know why? Because nobody wants to do the job. Because it's such a suck city. It's just a horrible city. You say, nah, come on, I'm from Baltimore. And I don't think that at all. I don't think. Yeah, we got you crabbing. We got all this stuff. Come on, it's great. It's a great city, Baltimore. Come on, hon. Well, I hate to tell you, Baltimore's not such a great city. You venture even even ten feet outside the tourist zones, and you got problems. Sad to say. Go ahead and go see a baseball game. Ride the train. Park in one of those parking lots outside the city. Ride a train in there. See how that experience goes for you. <laughs> I'm just telling the truth, folks. You you can say it all you want. Well, no, no, Baltimore's a nice place. No, I'm sorry. It's not. It's not. Sorry to tell you, it's not. And the Baltimore City police officers, I said when this was all going down, all this stuff, and they and they were ordered not to fight back, ordered not to protect themselves, first of all, walk off the job. Look down that line left and right and say, you know what? These liquor stores in these people's community, these these laundry mats, these bodegas on the corners, not worth it. Not worth it. People throwing rocks and bottles at us, shooting at us from rooftops. People running in and out of stores, their own stores in their own community, stealing stuff. Not worth it. And our own rank and file, you know what? We're not going to stand anymore. Look look to your left, look to your right. Say, folks, we need to step off this job because they're not going to support us. They're going to leave us to hang, and they don't care. I said that. I said it, and I say it today. I said it, I said it then, I say it today even more emphatically. I say, look, uh, why in the world would you want to be a police officer there? Well, you know, because we don't want to give up on the city. The city's gone. It's gone. That ship has sailed from the inner harbor. You say, well, there's still nice things down there. It's still savable. Really? With what? More time, more money? Because that's a liberal mantra. Mantra: More time, more money. We just need more time. We need more money. It's for the kids. That's what they. That's what they uh, uh, finish up with. It's for the kids. We just, we just. It's for the kids. We've got to do it for the kids. More time, more money. That's what we need. <laughs> no way in this world would I be a Baltimore City police officer. Not right now. I wouldn't. No way in this world. My buddy Steve from Ohio. Truly, if the cops are the problem, remove the police force and see how that works out. Man, that is my point. We're going to talk more about that in just a couple of minutes. McCarthy's comments come a day after Officer Edward Nero, one of six Baltimore officers accused in Gray's April 2015 death, was acquitted. The manslaughter case against another officer ended in a mistrial in December when the jury deadlocked. He's expected to be retried in September. What? Retried? For this prosecutor, this is second case where she has not succeeded in convicting someone because she doesn't have a case, McCarthy said. By now, somebody whose incompetence has been revealed in this way and who would have had these kinds of results might take a second look about whether this whole thing ought to proceed any further. You know what? You know why it's proceeding further? Do you know why? Because it isn't about what's just and what's right. By the way, the explicit box... That's up there. That's not for language. That's for what I'm talking about. I did that on purpose uh, because I knew the topic today is going to be fiery. And frankly, I don't want to hold back. I'm already holding back about 180%. Um, but, I, you know, I was thinking as far as if you've got young kids to listen to the show, you know, this might not be the show for them. Or maybe it is. Maybe it is, to be honest with you. But that's the reason for that box. Look. Mosby is making a name for herself. And you know what? This is what's been true. You don't have to win in order to receive accolades for being great. You don't have to win. Why would you have to win? That's not their benchmark. Win. Poor thing she gets made fun of because her weave was falling out. She gets made fun of. She don't like that. Don't say nothing about her. Don't bring up her husband being the the district rep for that rep where all the rioting happened and where 80% of the prisoners in the entire Maryland penal system come from. Don't say anything about that. Look, I had a guy, I wrote a piece uh, last year, and there was a guy, I'm not going to say his name, I thought about it and I I published this, uh, and it's all over my stuff that I write, but... um, I thought about it, and I thought, you know what, I'm not going to say – I'm not going to say his name. And I I gave him a lot of – because he doesn't have 600,000 readers. I have 600,000 listeners, and uh, I can tell you this. (laughs) I'm not going to give him more publicity, so I'm not going to say his name. But this is in response to a a fairly well-known black activist. His assertion was that I'm part of the problem in Baltimore this what he, this is what he this is what he tells me. He sends me this, and he says, "Well anyway, let me just read it to you. This is my response to him. I'm confident that you don't know much about me, my history, my life experiences, but I appreciate your articulate response. I've worked in the worst of situations in the worst places your imagine can take you. Your imagination can take you. One thing you'd know if you knew about me at all, is that I'm not a person riddled with fear. My history and my present demonstrate that handily. Next thing you'd know, if you even did a cursory Internet search on me, is that I stand up for my beliefs. I stand up for self-governance and personal responsibility. I stand up for the good of the world. I put my life on the line to do that in a very real way. The continuous mistreatment of police against any race of human beings, you said? I'm not sure you're trying to express what you're trying to express here, but if it is that the police systematically mistreat blacks, my personal experience, nor the data, support that claim. And then you say, how many times have I been shot at, pulled over, accused of being suspicious just because of my skin color? Plenty. Having actually been a police officer and having actually experienced the manipulation of whites in the general public by blacks, the lies of criminals Claiming police brutality and mistreatment when, in fact, it was their violent criminal actions that brought them into contact with the police in the first place. Let that sink in. You know who doesn't get singled out by police? People who are doing nothing wrong. People who aren't trying to incite police public friction by taunting police. Trust me, and then I say the guy's name. The police, white or black, want nothing to do with arresting black criminals. The whining and lies and manipulation of the truth from predominantly young black males who do commit crimes is insufferable and egregious. The race card gets played and played because blacks have been placated for decades by white guilt. More taxpayer money has gone down the drain trying to help the black urban areas to become a better place. You know why cities like Baltimore and Detroit and Chicago and Philadelphia and New York City are such dangerous places for blacks? Because of the black-on-black crime. Because of the black people victimizing each other despite trillions of tax dollars and program after program to try to help them to do better. Well, let's just see. Who's in charge in Baltimore? Let's see the chain of command from our liberal black black president, to his liberal black attorney general, to the liberal black mayor for the liberal black police chief, to an almost 50% liberal black police department, and approximately 76% black elected officials in Baltimore. Really? Really? Let me say those numbers again. Who is in charge in Baltimore? We say it's the white people. We say the white people are the problem. We've gotten short shrift from the white people. White people, they have not done us well. Chain of command, black president, black attorney general, black mayor, black police chief, 50% over 50% now, liberal black police department, and 76% liberal black elected officials in Baltimore. Decades. And then I say the guy's name. Decades. Liberal black said, put us in charge and we'll fix the oppression and make it right and, and better for you fellow black people. Then after a full term, they run for re-election and things are actually worse. Corruption in government, worse. Crime, worse. Everything, worse. The liberal black leaders say to the poor liberal black citizens who only receive the largesse of the taxpayers' efforts and yet vote for the very fellow black liberal leaders who said they'd fix everything and didn't fix anything. What do they say? We need more time. We need more money to fix the system, systemic injustices of the underserved communities of color. This is what they say. Let me say it again. After a full term of utter failure, they run for reelection, And when they run for reelection, things are actually worse than when they got elected. Corruption in government worse. Crime is worse. Everything is worse. The liberal black leaders say to the poor liberal black citizens who can only... Re- the, only re- the only way they live is on the largesse of taxpayer efforts. And yet they vote for the fellow black liberal leaders who said they fixed everything, didn't fix anything. But they said, hey, you know what? We need more time. We need more money. Because the system is... Injust. It's systemic injustice of the underserved communities of color. You know what? They got more time. You know what? They got more money. You know what? They got richer. You know what? They got more comfortable. They sure enough did. They sure enough did. They got more comfortable. They got richer. They got more money. They got more time. They got more comfortable. Then the people who they told they'd help, got worse. They got poorer. More crime. They got more comfortable. The people they told they'd help them, they didn't. They got worse and they got poorer. They got more crime. But who do you blame, the fellow that wrote me this Instagram, saying I'm the problem, you blame me, the white guy. why? Because it's easy to blame me. I'm white. Hey, white people have been taking blame for 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 decades now. Of course, it's my fault. I'm white. Why wouldn't it be? It's easy to blame me. I'm the white guy, but you know what? Fellow that wrote me this nasty letter, I didn't cause any of your troubles. I didn't cause any of the black community's troubles. I pay my taxes. I obey the law. I do my part. You know what your community receives, fellow that wrote me this nasty gram? Free housing. I don't receive that. Free food. I pay for my food. Free child care. When I had children, uh, uh, you know, child care age, I didn't get free child care. I didn't get free child care. And you know what, healthcare? You get free healthcare. You know what? I don't have healthcare. Why? Cuz I can't pay for it. Free education? I've paid for every bit of education I've ever received, including what I'm receiving now. Free phone? I pay for mine, $400 a month. Free birth control? Sorry, got to pay for it. I receive none of that. And you say, you say, "Well, we got to pay for all these kids. We got to pay for all these kids, man." You know, somebody got to help me pay for these kids. I give you free birth control for that very reason. I give you free birth control for that very reason. I received none of those things. I didn't receive a free house. I didn't receive free food. I didn't receive free child care. I didn't receive free health care. I didn't receive free education. I didn't receive a free phone, and I didn't get free birth control. None of it. I worked for everything I've ever had in my whole life. I've had unspeakable injustices done to me. I didn't rob stores in my community. I didn't burn stores in the community. I didn't throw rocks at the police. Then I say this fellow's name. Do you really want to learn a better way to live your life and improve your community? Do you really want to? Or are you just talking smack again? Do you really want to learn a better way to live your life and improve your community? If so... Go to www. I really did send this to him. Center for dot com. Complete levels one through four, three. Then tell me what the real problem is in the country today. I'll tell you what you'll learn. It isn't rich white people. It isn't rich white people. Look, when I come back, I'm going to say this. What I'm talking about today, it is not very politically incorrect. Uh, it's not very politically correct. Very, very politically incorrect. I'm not going to... I'm just going to tell you. It's indisputably accurate. It's not going to be something that, that, that you're used to hearing on the radio. Buckle up, folks. It's about to get real up in here. About to get real. Hang with me. I'll be right back.
0: We will be back with Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, after these short messages.
1: Hey, listeners, let me tell you something really quick. Listen, if you own a gun, not even if you carry a gun, not even if you have a concealed carry permit, but if you own a gun, you need to listen up. You need to get a pen, you need to get paper, something. You need to click into your notes and your smartphone and, and take this number down. First of all, the first number is... 20630. Don't worry, I'll repeat it. 20630. Listen, you have the right to defend yourself and your loved ones and your home. All of that stuff is true. You know it is. But the moment you pull the trigger or pull your gun, you are at risk for devastating legal and financial consequences. You know, you can be arrested. You can be jailed. You can be sued. You can be fired. You can be bankrupted, even when you've legally and justifiably used a gun in self defense. Listen, you don't have to let this happen to you. Just call Second Call Defense. That number you want is 20630. Listen, it's going to get you a whole month free. 20630. I'll give you the number in a second. You're going to enjoy, listen, when you become a member, you're going to enjoy peace of mind of having immediate and comprehensive legal and financial protection at your fingertips the moment you pull your gun, the moment you pull the trigger, no matter where you are in the United States. You just make two calls. Your first call should always be to 911 to request an ambulance and law enforcement. And listen, we'll tell you exactly what to do, what to say, how to say it. Your second call should be the second call defense. Listen, we've got your back. It's complete legal protection for armed self-defense, and it is fully endorsed by the NRA. It's fully backed by the NRA insurance program. Folks, you've got to have this coverage. I have the Cadillac protection, which is the ultimate coverage. And I'm telling you, it is phenomenal. People say, well, I've got homeowner's coverage. That'll protect me. I've got an umbrella policy, civil liability policy. No, no, it won't. In fact, it's specifically excluded. You say, well, I'll get a public, a public defender. They'll keep me out of jail. No, they won't. First of all, usually public defenders are from liberal colleges and liberal law schools. They hate guns. They hate people that carry guns. And they're, they don't understand uh, lethal force to start with. They're overworked. They're underpaid. Is that what you want to bet your freedom on? Is that what you want to bet your financial future on? that? Are you kidding me? 877-502-3300. SecondCallDefense.org. You want to give them this number, 20630. That's a Ninja Pastor's number. You give them that, they're going to give you a free month. Go to God and Country Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Uh, there's a place where you can sign up. You know, you know, sign up by the means of putting in your information for the show. Uh, to follow this show, but there's links on there. Once you do that or on that page, there's a link there and that will show you exactly where to go. You click on that link, go get all kinds of information. There are no contracts. You're not locked in. And once you get your money back, your free uh, month back, they they never come back and take it back. This is the best coverage out there. Trust me. I've researched it all. Join today.
0: Welcome back to The Collision of Faith and Politics. Here again is Dr. Sean.
1: All right. Are we back? All right. Some folks tell me, uh, I don't know if if it's working now, but we had a total, like a a flip out happen. So hopefully uh, system, I'll tell you, it's so frustrating. Anyway, I don't want to lose too much time on it. Um, Anyway, suffice to say, the fellow that wrote me that article and I suggested him, look, you really want to learn a better way to live your life and improve your community? Go to centerforselfgovernance.com complete levels 1 through 3 then tell me what the real problem in the country is today it isn't rich white people, he didn't do it he didn't do it he didn't do it listen, our show uh, is supported today by www.goldrushninja.com go to that there's a lot of cool videos really powerful stuff, it's It's gold for regular people, gold for regular people, best gold you can buy. It's amazing. And so they are helping us uh, underrate the show today. So thank you for hanging with us. Thank you for there was a sound glitch where we could not um, had to reboot, so to speak. Awesome. So if you thought the first part of the show was controversial, uh, this is the next part. You're going to have to hang on to your boots. Now, I had the best researcher I know of research all these numbers. I didn't want to say them until we checked and we checked and we checked and we checked and we checked checked some more. I wanted to make sure that no matter what, I could say these with confidence and that they would be true. And they did that for me, and I'm confident. Now, this is something that was posited by another organization, and I don't want you to think for a moment that I'm somehow part of that organization. I'm not. But these are facts taken taken from the government. And the question was posited, what if all blacks suddenly left America? They just left. They said, you know what? We're done. We're tired of it. We're out of here. Racist place. We want to be out of this all this inequity, inequity. We don't want to be underserved anymore. I just want to let you know, black population in America is 13.3% of the total United States population. 13.3%. This is if all of them left. If all black suddenly left. Now, I'm going to preface this and say this to you. I have a a huge number of friends who identify as black. They don't say African American. They hate that. They absolutely hate that. That I've been friends with since kindergarten. I am no more a racist than a man on the moon, although I would go to the moon. This is the question that was posited. We're looking at totally a mathematic equation. Even if you're state certified to be just average or, or efficient or, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, competent in math. These are numbers that are real. If all blacks suddenly left America, 13.3% of the population. That number is important. You're going to need to bold that in your brain because that number is important. The prison population would go down by 37% immediately. There would be a 53% fewer number of gang members. That's right, 53% of the gang members black. 37% of the entire prison population black. Obesity percentage would drop 11%. The average IQ would go up 7.4%, putting us third in the world tied with Japan. Average SAT scores would go up almost 100 points. Average ACT scores would go up 5.5 points. AIDS and HIV would go down By 65%. Chlamydia cases would go down 54%. Gonorrhea would go down 69%. Syphilis would go down 58%. The average income for Americans would go up over $20,000 a year. People in poverty would drop by 34%. Homelessness would go down. 57%. Welfare recipients would go down by 42%. 82% of all aborted babies would not happen. Perhaps the biggest number Democrats would lose 76% of their voting base. You ask yourself why? do politicians pander politicians on the left and really on the right politicians are pandering as well why it's votes because democrats they won't win without the black vote That's 76% of their voting base they can't win and you know what republicans or conservatives not mutually exclusive not the same here's a news flash for you you can't win without at least some of the black vote That's a fact. And you know what? Many criminal defense attorneys would have to find another line of work. So the truth is, black lives do matter. But do black lives really matter to blacks? The question really is, why do black lives matter more to whites than they do blacks? Because, look, you can't look at this and say that that's not a fact, because it is absolutely a fact. Black lives do really matter more. To white people than they do to black people. I mean, if the truth of the bumper sticker black lives matter were true, why do black people abort their babies eighty two percent of the time? You say, Well, it's the white man doing the abortions, really? One of the worst abortionist murderers of all time from Philadelphia, Gosnell, black guy. Killing his own people. Look up the guy, look up the name Rick Ross. You want to talk about, well, the CIA is what brought, uh, the CIA brought, the white CIA brought the uh, crack academic onto uh, the thing, and by the way, it's epidemic, not academic, but I've had people say that to me. The academic that brought the the uh, all the AIDS virus, is the CIA trying to kill the black people, and then also the crack, that's what they did. They put that in there, and they they... They they gave it to the, they that's what they did. Oh, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. But they went to this guy named Rick Ross, I think that's his name, and they said, hey, we got a little something for your community. Want to make some money? Black guy. He said, sure. What will happen to them if they take this? Oh, it'll kill him Slowly but surely. Maybe not so slowly. But surely it will. It'll wreck the community. You say what is this you said about I'm gonna make a lot of money? Okay, millions of dollars? I'm in. So instead of stopping the flow of it and not helping to develop this drug, I'm not saying I believe the CIA did this. I'm just saying that this is this is what this guy he's admitted that he was part of. If black lives mattered to this black guy, would he have done that? If black lives mattered to black people, would they abort their babies 82% of the time? It, look, it's as though in order to convince us all of the value of black lives, we must artificially inflate and create a value that's not born out in reality. Folks, you've got to understand here. I'm not saying black people aren't worth something. I'm saying black people are worth more than black people think. And I know I'm going to get tens of thousands of letters. I know that I will. I get hate mail, I get all that stuff, death threats, you name it. And I know I'll probably get double that amount this time. My buddy Steve from Ohio, the smallest percentage, complaining the most, demanding the most, and providing the least. Man, we're going to see what that's all about. I'm going to give you an example. Look, not only in everyday society or life, but more specifically, not even a value observed or fostered in the black community. We can't see a value that even if we go into the black community and say, well, this is really good. Because what we see when we go in the black community is the truth of it. White cops aren't killing blacks. There's many more white people being killed by police officers than black people are being killed by police officers. Black on black killing, apparently that's okay. Look, we can talk all about a bunch of other stupid stuff, But we can't talk about Chicago, where black people are killing black people every single night, every single day. Scores. South side of Chicago is a shooting, shooting range. And it's black people shooting black people. Wilmington, Delaware, one of the deadliest cities in the country per capita. Totally, totally, the politicians, what can we do? What can we do? Black mayor, black police chiefs. Black this, black that, everybody's black. Ringing their hands. Well, we need more we need more money. We need more time. Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., St. Louis. All of them. Black on black killing. Hey, that's okay. Let's let that go. We're not gonna talk about that. But a white killing a black person? Whoa, that's not alright. That's not all right. that's not cool, dude. That's not cool. Burning your own neighborhood, if you're black, that's okay. Look, it's totally okay for black men to refer to themselves or their interests and activities in the most vulgar, vile, racist language. But if another racial group, ethnic group, speaks the same words, oh, ho, ho, no, man. Man, you can't do that. But you're going to burn down the neighborhood that you live in? You don't own the houses. You're just renting them. You don't own them. Somebody else owns them. Hey, I'm going to burn it down. Why not? I don't own this. Plus, they're going to come back and fix it. They're going to fix it up. They're going to make it better. Because they're going to talk about the frustration within the black community. They're going to talk about that. And they're going to make it better. They're going to give us better. They're going to make it better because they feel bad. We're going to make them feel bad. Black-on-black killing, it's totally okay. We've got nothing to say about that. Even in self-defense, a white police officer killing a black thug, not okay. Not okay. Let's burn the neighborhood down. Man, let's set it on fire. Push the cars over. Throw rocks at the, at the police cars. Drag the cops out of there. Shoot at him. It's okay. We're mad. Steal some steal you some Mad Dog 4040 some Crown Royal. Nothing says fighting for racial justice than stealing some Crown Royal. See, I'm just trying to get mine. I'm just trying to get mine. Look. Let me let me lay this out for you. This concept Black Lives Matter, but only under certain circumstances to black people, but always to white people, contrived contributions by minority special interest groups. That the elite liberals, they want to push this. They want us like for instance, all these special contributions of Muslims in our great country. NASA. That's the new job of NASA. First thing the president had them do. First thing he had them do. Oh, you need to go, you know what, making rockets to go to the moon and out of, out of space, no pro, space, no, that's not your job now. Your job is to highlight the special contributions of Muslims to our great country. That's your new job. The elite liberals wanting to these contrived things. Black History Month. By the way, is it still just a month? It, it, has, it, has, it has absolutely got to be the longest month. Not because I begrudge any of that. Half the crap they make up. And nobody stops them. Nobody goes woo woo whoa, whoa, woah 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 ho 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 the phone. Ho the phone Made up holiday by a dude that's a criminal? It's it's a stupid holiday. It's not even real. Black History Month. And by the way, African Americans, I think if you're black, you ought to be insulted by that, because most black people in the United States have not one drop of African blood in their bodies. they are only 13% of the population here in the United States of America, and statistically their contributions would be proportionally less than whites in school. It is deemed necessary and appropriate to put in an equal number of achievements for people of color. That's fair. That's encouraging. Let me explain to you what I just said. Let me explain to you what I just said. If you're an educator, by the way, we don't call them teachers anymore, educators. Now, if you want to talk about something, guess what you have to talk about? Guess what you have to talk about? You have to talk about fair, and you have to talk about equitable. So if the contribution on the one side is 70 to 80% less than on the other side, you know what you have to do? You have to bring up that contribution, how much you talk about it, on that side that's 10 15 20%, and you have to talk about that as much. You have to talk about as much. You've got to make it fair, and you've got to make it encouraging, you've got to make it equitable, and you have to have the equal number of achievements for people of color, even if you make them up. Kwanzaa, you've you got to be kidding me, folks. You've got to be kidding me. Remember what I said, 13.3% of the population. Now, listen, um, black people, they're getting, they're getting a little upset. These folks that subscribe to this stuff, not everybody does. My friends, they don't. They hate all this. They acknowledge it as true, but they hate it. They no more live in a neighborhood that burns itself down when some dude gets locked up or dies in police custody because he's so stoned. He's so high. He's a, a, a record criminal, 20, 20 convictions. Come on. <laughs> The other guy in the van with him, didn't know him, had nothing to do with him, also a black guy. says, man, this dude was crazy from jump. I, th- th- I just need you to understand, 13.3% of the population, I said to you, 53, I'm going to unpack this a little bit for you, 53% less, fewer gang members. This is from the Office of Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Prevention. It says 35%, but it's important. It's really, really important to note overall that the federal government has changed how they look at at race statistically. There is now in many charts or stats a separate category for two races. You realize now there's so many white people and black people creating either white or either black. Which do you identify? Which do you self-identify? Because that makes a difference. The president of the United States is of mixed race. You wouldn't know that, would you? Because the only race he acknowledges is a black race. So what do you do with with uh, you know my mom's black, my my mom is white, my dad is black, whatever, whichever the whatever the deal is. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? Look, this is let's look at the stats on living in poverty. Just, just for fun, people in poverty would decrease by 34%. Now, what I just told you, that's, that's a number. But in truth, according to the United States Census, 27% of blacks live in poverty and 20% of black-white mix live in poverty for an actual, an actual of 47%. I had therapy today, and my therapist told me she has conversations with her with her black friends. She has a lot of black friends, too. And, you know, they get in arguments about this all the time. And she says, look, you know, why don't you make a better life? You're smarter than this. Why don't you get out and do something? Are you kidding me? I get $1,200 a month for doing nothing, sitting on my butt. You think I'm going to do something and lose this check? No. You best think again. 47% live in poverty. If you consider the black-white mix... How about 11% drop in obesity? You say, what in the world? Are you talking about obesity? This is so racist. Ninja Pastor is racist. These are actual numbers. This is not me making up numbers. People say, well, that's mean. You're being mean. Stop saying being mean. You're not Larry Walton of of the school board in East Liverpool, Ohio. Stop being a wuss. This is fact for black and white. Am I saying white people are perfect? No. Not saying that at all. That's ridiculous. But an 11% drop in obesity, immediately. The premise here, what I've posited, is what if all black people said, you know, we've had it with this, with this terrible, terrible country, this racist country. M- me and my 13.3% of the total U.S. population, black America, we're leaving. We're leaving. That means an immediate 11% drop in obesity. That means 11% are obese. How can you be? Listen, I, there's a meme that's all over the internet." It says, uh, you know, there's a really skinny person from, you know, some African country, super skinny and, and really, really poor, like super, really poor. And then it shows a picture of a heavyset black girl, and she's, you know, she's fighting and all this stuff, talking about she's poor, being kept in poverty. He's like, wow, your black people are a lot heavier than ours. <laughs> Average IQ increases 7.4% to third in the world behind Japan. Now, you might say, that is so racist. That is so racist. Look, this is being posited. People say, well, if so-and-so gets elected, I'm moving to another country. If the entire black population, which, again, is 13.3%, moves away, they just go anywhere. Go anywhere, some other country. They go to Africa. Well, I don't, it doesn't matter. I'm saying the point here is that they leave. Suddenly, they're gone. The facts are, Average IQ increase of 7.4%. You say, how in the world could it be that all the black people leave, our IQ overall, cumulative, per capita, goes to third in the world behind Japan? First of all, we're third in the world behind Japan. Doesn't that bother you? It ought to bother you. bothers me. You say that, I don't like the sound of that. Well, you don't have to like the sound of it, Folks. You don't have to like the sound of anything. What's true is true is true. The truth is the truth. What's true about the truth is that it's true. You don't have to like it. It's not something you have to like. I'm not, I'm not expecting you to like this. I don't like saying it. Average IQ increased 7.4% to third in the world behind Japan if all the blacks, the 13.3% of the population, leave today. But that's reality. Here's one that will blow your mind. AIDS and HIV. AIDS and HIV. Drop of between 50 to 60% immediately. Folks, it's the largest affected group and a group that, look, when you look at free care, you ready? Free care. Well, we need help. Tell you what we're going to do. You say that the AIDS-HIV epidemic has struck the black community. First of all, it's the, it's the most sexualized, hypersexualized community in the United States of America. That's reality. You can like it or you can lump it. The reality is, is there's not a lot of sticking with one or two partners. It's three, four, five, six, seven partners, seven on the average. Young black male between the ages of 14 and 35 at one time. Largest effective group, the group that... We say, okay, we're going to give you free AIDS and HIV care. You'll live if you do that. If you do this free care, it's not going to cost you a dime. 51% of the time, they drop out. Did you hear what I just said? They drop out of free care. Well, that's too hard for me. Really? Well, then you're going to have to die of AIDS or HIV. But you know what? They never stop. They don't stop going around having sex with more people. Multiple partners. They don't do it. They keep on doing what they're doing. And even though we offer them free care 51% of the time, they drop out. Average income. I want to talk about this a second. It's an increase of $20,000. Look, you can say, that doesn't sound right to me, Dr. Sean. That can't be. Look, there's a solid percentage of Americans living at an average level for Caucasian Americans, in other words, white vote. However, there's a very large percentage living at the absolute bottom. Absolute bottom. So if 13, 3, 13.3% of the population leaves, suddenly goes to whatever country they think is utopian, our income, our average income, increases by $20,000. That's real money. Folks, that's folding money. That's, that's buying gold from goldrushninja.com. That's straight up for real in one gram increments. You can also buy it up to five grams. By the way, we're, going to have a, uh, we're designing a Ninja Pastor, the Ninja Pastor Collision of Faith and Politics radio show card. Um, we, it'll be a gram. You can buy it up to, depending on how much you donate. You donate a certain amount of money. You get at least a gram. We're establishing what that amount of money is. We don't know at this point. And you get this limited edition card. Instead of me saying, hey, thanks, here's a, here's a book or a, or a coffee cup, you get gold. I'm going to actually send you gold. Gold out there. Four nines, 99.99% pure 24 carat gold. A special, it's embossed in the special card and super security. It's, it's really, really cool. It's a secret sauce of the monetary system. But look, folks, I talked to you uh, just a, a couple seconds ago about AIDS and HIV drops by 50 to 60% of 13.3% of the population just up and leaves. How about venereal diseases? Drops by fifty-four to sixty-nine percent. These are facts from the federal government. This is not me making it up. I had the number one researcher in the business out there digging and digging and digging, proving. And I have to make sure this is true because if I'm going to say it, I got to make sure it's true. Venereal diseases: fifty-four to sixty-nine percent drop immediately, day one. How about homelessness? You know, we all care about homeless people. 50 to 60% drops immediately. 13.3% of the population leaves. Homelessness drops 50 to 60% immediately. How about welfare recipients? 30%. Now, this is tricky. I want you to understand this is tricky because we've got a biracial black slash white that doesn't count as black. So this number doesn't include that. That 30% of welfare, it's it's actually 47%, if not more. The Gallup organization says that 64% of all Democrats are black. Also says 40% National Institute for Justice says that 40% of all the prisoners in the prisons across the United States of America are black. Our public schools are 16% black, yet they have a graduation rate of 69% compared to 86% white. Despite all of the special programs funded to, air quotes, intervene, and air quotes, close the gap. You've got to be kidding me. 16% black, graduation rate of 69%, compared to 86% white. Same class, same school. But the black contingent, the 16% That are black. It's special programs. We're gonna feed everybody breakfast, lunch, and some dinner. We're gonna waive their athletic costs. You know, most have to pay now. Uh, They call them activity fees. We're gonna get your kid there. You know, bust them there, but bust them home. They don't. You don't have to do anything. You don't do anything. Welcome to my house. You know. Come on in. This is your home. Treat it like your house. However you treat your house, treat it like that. Don't ask you for anything. We give you special programs. We teach teachers how to be uh, sensitive to poverty, to sensitive to the underserved, sensitive to inequality, really. At $14,000 per student in the United States of America, we're, we're not sensitive to inequality? You've got to be kidding me. Soul, one of the best minds. Oh, by the way, also black. Inequality is driven by failed government policies, not the legacy of slavery. Daniel Darty, he wrote this January 6th, 2015. He's Town Hall's uh, deputy newsletter. I've got to tell you, folks, this is a crazy good article. In a recent interview with Uncommon Knowledge, host Peter Robinson, famed economist and syndicated columnist Thomas Soul expanded on a... Uh, I think he meant expounded on a favorite research topic of his, namely race in America. Last November, for example, he wrote this. New York Times writer Nicholas Kristof asserts that there is an overwhelming evidence that centuries of racial subjugation still shape inequity in the 21st century. And he mentions the lingering effects of slavery. But before we become overwhelmed, the evidence should be checked out we wanted to be serious about evidence, we might compare, if we wanted to be serious about evidence, we might compare where blacks stood 100 years after the end of slavery and where they stood after 30 years of liberal welfare state. And in that interview with Brooks, Dr. Soule attempted to do just that. He explained that contrary to the unsubstantiated and fact-free theories of revisionists, blacks were generally better off before LBJs, Lyndon B. Johnson's, great society programs were rolled out and adopted. He gave several statistical examples to defend this contention. By the way, if it's it's statistics and it's data, it's not a contention. It's fact. By the way. Y'all get what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying here. It's a fact. It's not a contention. It's a fact. In 1960, which would be almost 100 years after the end of slavery, and 22% of black kids grew up in homes with only one parent, he said. 30 years later, after the liberal welfare state, that number had more than tripled. 70% of black kids grew up in homes with only one parent. We can speculate on how much that 22% was due to the legacy of slavery, he conceded, but we know that was... That tripling was not due to the legacy of slavery. It was due to the legacy of a whole different set of policies. What's more, he also gave two educational examples to prove his point. Stuyvesant High School in New York, as you know, you get into it only by passing a very tough exam, he said. In 2012, the percentage of black students who had gotten into Stuyvesant High School was less than one-tenth of the percentage of black students who had gotten into Stuyvesant High School 33 years early. But Stuyvesant was no mean, by no means an outlier, he pointed out. Dunbar High School in Washington was an elite black high school for a very long time. He added, black high school. Now, this is, I need you to understand that this is an elite black high school. Dunbar High School in Washington. In 1993, the number of kids out of Dunbar High who went on to college was less than it was 60 years earlier, which would have been during the depth of the Great Depression. Now, I need you to understand something here. Look, he's saying in 1993, the number of kids out of Dunbar High School who went on to college, 93, 1993, the ones who went on to college was less than it was 60 years earlier, which was during the Great Depression. So there were more kids, more black kids going on to college from Dunbar High School in Washington during the Great Depression than there were in 1993, and the number is even less now, despite all the government programs. Let that simmer. Here's the translation. Failed government policies are mostly to blame for, as Christoph put it, inequity in the 21st century. Slavery, according to Soul, is a much smaller factor. Now, here's some relevant comments that were that, and I wanted to capture these. Uh, Mad Fox wrote, "Poverty does not drive people to commit crime. Poor education at home and lack of morals do. I grew up poor in a poor white neighborhood where there wasn't a lot of fathers around, but crime was low." Uh, there was the usual mischief, but nothing on the scale that we see in black neighborhoods today. Why? Even though we were poor, my mother made us mind. We got paddled if we were bad. We went to church. We had morals and discipline. There was none of that today. There is none of that today. By the way, I tried to get the guy on the show today, and he, he said, man, black guy, by the way. This is a black guy. He he said, I can't do it, man. My community would just fry me. I said, you could do a fake name. Nom de plou. But he said, "Nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. I stand by what I said, but I can't do it. He goes on to say, uh, Inequality is a fact of life. We can't all be rich, but we can all make the best of our situation and work hard to make our lives better. That's what America is all about. guy by the name of Walkie, who's actually a doctor, Thomas Sowell is a national treasure who tells it like it is, hasn't varied one iota from the truth ever. Maybe someday blacks will pay some attention to his wisdom. God knows it wouldn't hurt. Man, preach. Jeff2422 wrote, Inequality, perceived or factual, is a fact of life. No two things on earth are equal or have an equal chance. Not a leaf, not a tree. Sergeant Buster Kilrain, Killer's Angels, and the movie Get- Gettysburg. Once one understands this basic concept, then equality and justice are concepts simply meaning that no one is above the law, except, regardless of position of birth, and no one is below the law either. As to government and the governor all are equal and subject to the same rules. Equality has been distorted to mean equal results, giving the government the ability to use unequal measures to correct any perceived and actual inequality of results. Remember what I was talking about? This guy's smart. I mean, he's really, really smart. Remember what I was talking about? Hey, look, if the numbers are inequitable, if the actual facts are, what we have to do is we have to bend those facts. We have to amplify uh, something and say, well... We're just going to build this up here a little bit, <clears throat> and we're going to we're going to really minimize over on this one side because we want everybody to be fair, right? We want it to all look the same. So you like when you watch television, they, the, the advertisers know this. You when when you're looking, they want people of every potential uh, socioeconomic and racial uh, makeup. We want them to. We want when they look at commercials, they want to see themselves. So we're going to see Mexicans. Listen, Mexicans are outpacing, uh, as far as having babies and populating in the United States of America, black people. Black folks, I would get nervous if I was you, because the gravy train for some of y'all is coming to a close. Look, not even Lincoln at Gettysburg. Neither the Declaration nor the Constitution, not even Lincoln and Gettysburg, meant equal to mean what liberals have contorted it to mean. The reason is simple. The founders had the same understanding as Buster. There's no such thing as equality of results or chances in nature. It's only a man-made contrivance, usually based on jealousy and envy of others. 45 Caliber wrote, he is right. Slavery happened over 150 years ago. Since then, everyone involved has died. The blacks may feel that their ancestors are owed something for their time as slaves, but no one else does. There are many rich blacks today who owe nothing for their wealth to their ancestors. Dr. Zinge 150 years is more than seven generations. Isn't there something in the Bible that says you can't hold descendants past the seventh generation responsible for the sins of their forefathers? Amen, brother. Read that call. As far as I'm concerned, I cannot be held responsible for the actions of my parents let alone seven generations. Riffraff, there will always be inequality of outcome regardless of the economic system or the political system or the social rules we follow. Some people will rise to the top and some will sink to the bottom. The point is, do you want it to be according to your wit? wisdom, and effort, or do you want to be held back, held down, and interfered with by the authorities who want to play God? The socioformers, the social engineers who work for a homogenized society do more harm by robbing society of the talent and energy needed to support even their lame ideas. Social engineers should be given a soapbox and a street corner and allowed to spew their ideas, but none should ever be elected or promoted to positions of power. They ruin it for everybody. I love what Lil Jim 3959 wrote. Slavery ended over 150 years ago. Get a life and get over it. I never owned one and you never was one. My buddy Jerry from Pennsylvania, he sent this to me from, from, uh, from uh, Thomas Sowell. New York's new mayor, Bill de Blasio. In his inaugural speech, denounced people on the far right who continue to preach the virtue of trickle-down economics. According to Mayor de Blasio, they believe that the way to move forward is to give more to the most fortunate, and then somehow the benefits will work their way down to everybody else. Is there ever a contest for the biggest lie in politics? If there ever was, this is it. This should be the top contender. While there have been all too many lies told in politics, most seem have some tiny little fraction of truth in them to make them seem plausible. But the trickle-down lie is a 100% lie. It should win the contest both because of its purity, no contaminating speck of truth, and because of how many people have repeated it over the years without any evidence being asked for or given. Years ago, this column challenged anybody to quote any economist outside of an insane asylum who had ever advocated this trickle-down theory. Some readers said that somebody said that somebody else had advocated a trickle-down policy, but they could never name that's somebody else, and quote them. Mayor de Blasio is by no means the first politician to denounce this non-existent theory. Back in 2008, presidential candidate Barack Hussein Obama attacked what he called an economic philosophy, which says we should give more and more to those with the most and hope that prosperity trickles down to everyone else. Let's do something completely unexpected here. One two. One 2 Let's do something completely unexpected here. Let's stop and think. Why would anyone advocate that we give something to A in hopes that it would trickle down to B? Why in the world would any sane person not give it to B and cut out the middleman? But all this is moot because there was no trickle-down theory about giving something to anybody in the first place. The trickle-down theory cannot be found in even the most voluminous scholarly studies of economic theories, including J.A. Schumpeter's monumental History of Economic Analysis more than a 1,000 pages long, and printed in very small type. It's, it, it is not just in politics that the non-existent trickle-down theory is found. It's been attacked in the New York Times, in the Washington Post, and professors at prestigious American universities, even as far away as India. Yet none of those who denounce a trickle-down theory can quote anybody who has actually advocated it. The book Winner-Take-All Politics refers to trickle-down scenario refers to the trickle-down scenario that advocates the helping of have-it-alls with tax cuts and other goodies constantly trotted out. But no one who actually trotted out such a scenario was ever cited, much less quoted. One of the things that provoked the left into bringing out the trickle-down boogeyman is any suggestion that there are limits to how high they can push tax rates on people with high incomes without causing repercussions that hurt the economy as a whole. But contrary to Mayor de Blasio... This is not a view confined to people on the far right. Such liberal icons as Presidents John F. Kennedy and Woodrow Wilson, which, by the way, Wilson was a horrible president, argued, and a a terrible racist, (coughs) argued that tax rates can be so high that they have an adverse effect on the economy. In his 1919 address to Congress, Woodrow Wilson warned that at some point, high rates of income and profits tax Taxes discourages energy remove the incentive to new enterprise encourage extravagant expenditures expenditures and produce industrial stagnation with consequent unemployment and other attendant evils. In a 1962 address to Congress John F. Kennedy said, "It is a paradoxical truth that tax rates are too high today and tax revenues are too low and the soundest way to raise the revenues in the long run is to cut the tax" Rates now. Folks, this wasn't a new idea. John Maynard Keynes said back in 1933 that, a, that taxation may, may be so high as to defeat its object, that in the long run, a reduction of the tax rate will run a better chance than an increase of balancing the budget. And Keynes was not on the far right either. The time is long overdue for people to ask themselves why it is necessary for those on the left to make up a lie if what they believe in is, here's the thing. This is where we are. This is the real deal. We're, we're in this. And, and you might say, well, the president of the United States, the president of the United States, we're in a post-racial society. We're in a post-racial society. We got to be, man. We got to be in a post-racial society because we have a president that's black. No, we don't have a president that's black. We have a president that's black and white. That's the real deal. But he only identifies with the one side. He only identifies with the one side, even though he was abandoned by everyone, on the black side. The only ones who stuck with him were his white family members, yet he's embarrassed of them. Why does he do that? Why does Barack Hussein Obama only identify with the black side of his history? Because you can't get nothing for being white. Nothing is free for being white. They don't clear a path for you for being white. They do clear a path for you if you say you're black. Look, I'm not anti black. I I don't want you to think that at all. All of the numbers that were quoted here today on this show are actual, they're real. And they came from the government. Look, I'm here to tell you, I, I don't want to cause any race war. I want to fix it. But I ain't going to fix it with a bunch of lies. I'm not going to fix it with a bunch of lies. Our show today was supported by Gold Rush Ninja and Second Call Defense. TheNinjaPastor.com. Click on the banner, the uh, Second Call Defense banner. i will give you all the information. You get a free month, uh, your first month free. It's absolutely amazing. If you own a gun, and Lord forbid if you carry a gun, you got to have that. Ridiculously inexpensive. Goldrushninja.com, www.goldrushninja.com. Fractional gold, small amounts of gold, one gram up to five grams. Gold for regular, the best gold out there, the most secure gold out there. We appreciate your support. Goldrushninja.com. Go to that. There's lots of cool stuff there. Great education there. You want to hear some stuff that will scare you. That's where you go to learn that. It's been great having you with me today. This is Wednesday. I know that that's a different day for you to listen to um, the Ninja Pastor. I, I know that for sure, and, and I respect that. And We're looking at switching to Wednesdays. Um, it, you know, We'll see how it goes. But thank you for joining us. Thank you for putting up with all the technical problems. We really appreciate that. Listen, Memorial Day, it's a tough time for me because I remember an awful lot of brothers and sisters who gave everything, the ultimate sacrifice for our country, not for white people only, not for black people only, not for, not for anything other than Americans. Let me tell you, folks, it's time we ask ourselves, do we deserve their sacrifice? God bless you and God bless America.